Matter of Spirit is the quarterly publication of the Intercommunity Peace and Justice Center. This article appeared in the summer 2021 issue on Beloved Community. Communities of Safety Offering Refuge by Beatrice A. Cortez. Beatrice A. Cortez is a retired English-Spanish judicial interpreter. She earned a BA in Justice Studies, summa cum laude, and a certificate as an English-Spanish translator from Arizona State University. She has held diplomatic service jobs in embassies in San Salvador, El Salvador, and in New York at the United Nations. She presently volunteers with several immigration advocacy organizations in Arizona, where she lives with her husband of 59 years. Words have always had a sort of magic for me. I love the subtleties in language that render completely different meanings to words. Sometimes it is the actions performed in the realm of a given meaning that expands the scope of a word or adds a new dimension to it. But there are words that, for all their magic and meaning, can be empty and useless if not supported by actions. In the times we are presently living through, when polarization seems to have taken over understanding and agreement, words such as sanctuary, refuge, safety, justice, fairness, solidarity, and compassion come to mind. When talking about sanctuary, Emily Buss, in her article, How Berkeley Became America's First Sanctuary City, says, The term isn't specifically defined, nor does it have any official legal meaning, but it generally describes a city or county that generally commits to protecting refugees, asylum seekers, and undocumented immigrants who haven't committed serious crimes. This made me think of how we individually and as a community can also be that sanctuary, that refuge, for those who have no legal status or who have been waiting for years for their asylum petition or who are simply displaced, going through difficult times in their lives. The COVID-19 pandemic has severely limited our interactions with others and has mostly confined us to our homes. For over a year now, Pedro Rubalcava, a nationally known Catholic composer, has been leading people in a bilingual night prayer, Las Completas, via OCP Musica on Facebook. Every night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, a good-sized group comes together virtually from across states, time zones, and borders to pray for anybody and everybody. A warm and welcoming half hour that gives a sense of family and belonging to the participants it is delivered virtually through social media platforms. While an unorthodox way of praying the liturgy of the hours, it is pure sanctuary and refuge. A wrong interpretation of the word individualism sometimes serves as an excuse to do nothing to help others, ignoring their needs under the disguise of respect for their space. In my church community, I have had and continue to have many opportunities to make a difference. One time when entering the church, I saw a woman seated by herself in one of the back pews. I approached her and said, Hi, are you new to our church? I don't think I've seen you before. She smiled and said that it was her first time there, that she had moved to the neighborhood only a month before, and that she still did not know many people. 
She said her name was Teresa Moreno. I invited her to come sit with me and my husband. I told her that my hearing was not what it used to be, and that I sat up front to be able to fully enjoy the liturgical music. Her expression changed. She actively participated in the service and thanked me for making her feel welcome. With time, I learned a little more about Teresa. She had come from Peru to the United States to escape a life of violence that included death threats. She did not have legal status, could only work in menial short-term jobs, and was having a difficult time financially. With her permission, I shared her story with the Hispanic community at church, and that marked a dramatic change in her personal situation. Many of the women and families befriended her, invited her to gatherings, to get-togethers, to cookouts, to participate in fundraisers, and simply to be an active member of the community. There were no conditions and no need for institutional involvement in this effort. It was the people in the community who made a difference in Teresa's life and gave her support and refuge. They were Teresa's sanctuary. In the summer of 2017, there was another situation that greatly affected my church community. Arturo, a husband, the father of three, and a member of our Hispanic church community, had been unfairly arrested. He was the passenger in a vehicle that was stopped by the police at the end of the day, after long hours of work in the construction industry, solely because the officer in charge thought that the men looked suspicious. Arturo was arrested for not showing valid identification, even though he was not driving. Once arrested, he was transferred to ICE and put in federal detention center to await the immigration processing. Meanwhile, his only daughter, Mercy, was finishing up her senior year in high school and getting ready to graduate with honors. The day of graduation was fast approaching, and Arturo was still in detention, while volunteers and pro bono lawyers that the Hispanic community at church had contacted were frantically trying to get him released. We, the community, split into two groups. One supported the lawyers, keeping a change of clothes for Arturo in a vehicle waiting in the parking lot of the detention center, praying for Arturo's release on time to see his daughter graduate. The second group, of which I was a part, attended the graduation ceremony with Arturo's wife and children and other family members, lending moral support, telling Mercy to have faith that her dad was going to make it to the ceremony, and praying hard for it. Arturo made it a couple of minutes before Mercy, his only daughter and the first person in her family to graduate from high school, walked across the stage to receive her diploma. He made it. He made it because of the incredible support, faith, and generosity of so many concerned people in the community. Our actions don't have to be big or take something from us. A small act suffices. Placing ourselves in the other person's shoes, just being there for the family, praying, cheering mercy, and hugging Arturo when he, actually running, perspiring, and crying at the same time, came to stand on the grassy area of the school sports field to see his daughter become an honored high school graduate. Actions such as these truly help me understand what sanctuary means. According to Lisa Hoffman, Development Director at the East Bay Sanctuary Covenant, Sanctuary is a moral commitment to our values of recognizing the inherent human dignity and worth of every person. It's a matter of conscience. 
This notion of sanctuary is not new. Jesus gave us many wonderful examples, such as when he asked the woman accused of adultery, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Another instance is when he not only talks to the Samaritan woman at the well, but he takes the time to teach her and to reveal to her that he is the Messiah. Jesus saw those women's humanity and upheld their dignity as children of God in spite of the existent laws and customs. These actions are what words like refuge and sanctuary are all about. They are about support, involvement, and a spirit of seeing Christ in others. <music> 